0: Welcome to Converged Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Brent Shop. He is a senior consultant in the management consulting practice. Brent has begun his begins over twenty his life begins over twenty years ago in being um, in the professional world, um, and he brings his experience to the KSM or Cap Sapper Miller consulting clients. His experience includes leveraging and creating innovative strategy and competitive intelligence methodologies that are seamless within the talent lifecycle, aligning and optimizing internal processes with business strategies. He has worked with startups, SMBs, and the Global Fortune 1000 businesses. Brent's experience allows him to understand the complexities of the organizational challenges and provides unique insights into how people interact with technology, process, and each other. At KSMC, clients... Uh, Brent works with every level of, of the organization to drive organizational success. In his past, Brent has served as the co-founder of the Global Talent Consultancy, as well as the director of career services for 1150 Academy, a nonprofit coding school. Brent allies delivery and strategy to achieve the goals of the business. Brent is constantly striving to develop new methods and implement technologies that will allow companies to make better business talent strategy, and workforce planning decisions. In today's data-driven world, the volume, speed, both structured and unstructured, and accuracy of data provides people with the unprecedented opportunity to make more informed strategic decisions. Where Brent works is KSM Consulting, or KSMC, helps his clients develop innovative um, solutions and strategies. Um, Their client... Focused approach starts with developing a deep understanding of organization, and they use um, their expertise in data, technology, management consulting, cybersecurity, and project management to help clients fully leverage technology, support their people, optimize their processes, and ultimately meet their goals. From tailoring solutions from small to mid sized businesses, helping improve processes. And reaching long-term objectives, to keeping enterprise projects on track and on budget, to driving organizational success, KSMC is drive is driven to ensure client success in the private sector. Thanks, Brent. Uh, thanks, Brent, for being on here. How are you today? Thanks, Sean. Doing well. So that was a mouthful of your background and what KSMC is doing these days. <laughs> Well, I feel Um, tired already. Oh, I do too. Just, (laughs) just, I almost want to take a nap just for that. Um, and I hope the listeners are not taking a nap, but, um, I think Brent, you have an interesting background with being a consultant and being in a global talent, talent consultancy, and then being with the 1150 Academy, a code Academy school that, you know, was founded here in Indiana. I think, um, you know, something interesting that you're, you're part of the kind of employment, unemployment kind of in and out of that world of kind of helping people building their skill sets. Um, you know, my first question is how does companies like KSMC and companies that you are with, how do, how do you market better when unemployment drops? I think is, is kind of a overarching question
1: right now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I think when we began talking about this, you know, it really what I think perked us both was it's really about the marketing. And companies have always marketed towards potential customers or, or clients or trying to get their service or product out. And today, with the way that the market is and how business has just, you know, rapidly changed and is continuing to change. It's now how do you market to those potential employees? How do you um, get in front of them in social media and in the press and 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 become an, a, an employer of choice, be a place that people want to come work. And, you know, we're, we're seeing now the, you know, the small startups can attract that high velocity employee just as easily as Google or Apple. Um, you know, it, it's really leveled the playing field, all the tools that are out there, but that poses another problem of how do you manage all that? And and that's where having a strong talent strategy really comes on board of knowing exactly what kind of skills you need in your organization, what you need those people to do. How do they know they're doing a good job? How do you communicate with those employees? And that's really what we're seeing today is this turn towards this talent branding, this employment branding, um, that there's a lot of companies in central Indiana that are doing a a really good job at.
0: Can you kind of give some example of, you know, what some strong companies are and you know, how do they
1: attract, you know, that talent to that brand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the one that immediately comes to mind, um, that's, that's no longer in this form, but everybody will be familiar with it. Exact target. Um, you know, they really were in the forefront of their marketing locally was towards potential employees and everybody wanted to be orange and, and go work for them in some way, shape or form. Uh, and, and that really helped them as they became, you know, a, a larger entity uh, and then started to attract, you know, some attention and then ultimately got purchased by Salesforce. And they're keeping that today. I mean, now today, I know a lot of people that, oh gosh, you know how I can get at Salesforce? How can I go work there? Um, you know, whether it's a great experience or not, I don't know, but I know that they're attracting a lot of employees. And that's what we do at uh, at KSM Consulting is, you know, there's a lot of outreach, to talk about how it is to work at KSMC. That's why I was drawn here. There's, you know, the meet our meet our people. They have uh, uh, videos that they'll have on social media and on the website. Um, we do a lot of things in the community, and we take that. We did a 5K this weekend. And so there's pictures that were out today on social media, unfortunately, with me and them. Um, it, because it was, you know, it was a beautiful day. It was something we did uh, to raise awareness. And uh, it, and you have to capture those things. So you know i learned a lot about ksmc and the people by really following them on social media and then as i got to meet them and found out that those things were were true it's a great way to convey your culture and uh, to attract people like you uh, which makes it easier to retain talent plus having a strong talent strategy so i knew what role i was walking into i know how i measured uh, i know i know if i'm doing a good job or not and so that that helps with uh, the ultimate retention which has been really really good for us at KSMC.
0: I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head or uh, put some insight into the issue with it's almost an, an interview process for the company to attract you and for you that they are adhering to what they want out of the person and what their job is and what their mission and their alignment is by how transparent they are
1: online. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I think you're seeing companies, uh, especially in high tech, are are forced to be transparent, um, you know, it, to be the company that no one knows what you do or no one knows about. You know, that may have worked uh, during some of the, you know, the early dot com boom. But today you wouldn't attract any talent, especially with unemployment where it's at. Um, generational workforce issues are changing, you know, where people want to work and how they want to work, and if you don't have that transparency, the word travels pretty fast. Um, you know, likewise, something that people don't think about. If you think about as a manager, the number of people you've interviewed in your career, how many of them did you follow up with them and tell them, "Hey, thanks for your time, but you know this isn't going to work out. Stay in touch." Um, and if you don't close that loop with the candidate, you've created this negative candidate experience. And there's no way positive social media is going to outweigh that. So, you know, the word travels fast with these candidates. If they have a bad experience, they're going to tell 10 or 100 of their friends or post it all over social media that that place is terrible. They don't follow up. uh, It's going to be a bad interview experience. Um, So all of these things work collectively in making sure that the message to a potential candidate is consistent, uh, that you have strong candidate experience, that you have a great culture. That you're inclusive um, and and that you're working to better them and better the community. Because that's another big push that we're seeing that we really haven't seen before.
0: You're absolutely correct. Like I have I have seen I've actually been through the interview process um just for jobs and just interviewing people on podcasts and asking the asking the right questions or asking, you know. Why did you guys, you know, participate in this event versus this one really opens the door of seeing um, if they're, they don't have that as much social presence or community presence, I think is a, be- a better way of doing it instead of social that um, if they just automatically just pop in and pop out, like being part of the community, then you have to ask what their justifications are if they wanted to improve the community and find quality people to work for them or they're just trying to find quick hires.
1: Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. It, it really makes you kind of question what their motives are, depending on the message that they're putting out and how they're putting it out, right? Um, you know, th- you can tell which companies are just trying to fill a seat and which companies are trying to grow. Reading between mm-hmm. the lines, understanding the messaging. Um, we've seen enough of this, and word travels pretty fast. Uh, that's where having that strong talent strategy as a, as a company is really key to that growth. Um, you know, so many companies, you know, the president walks out on January 1st and says, team, you know, we're going to double revenue this year. And yay. And they walk out of the room and everybody goes, okay, back to work. You know, we're going to go do our jobs. Um, what the, that guy's crazy. Anyway, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We're never going to double revenue, <laughs> but those almost are the situations.
0: Wall, Wall Street kind of issue where like, let's it, do this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Boiler room. Right. Exactly. Um, but so that's where you need alignment throughout the organization. And, and that culture, which really starts at the ground floor and works its way up, can be facilitated by the executive team and, and ownership, but really can't be driven down. It, it's going to be driven up. The, the employees you hire are going are to build that culture. And, you know, you, we've probably both seen situations or worked in situations where the culture kind of ran roughshod all over the, uh, you know, the owner's vision. Um, but, but that happens. And then how do you deal with that? And that's again, having a strong talent strategy, knowing what everyone's role is, knowing what their responsibilities are. Can you go tap anybody in the company on the shoulder and say, Hey, what do you do? And they know immediately. Uh, But unfortunately, because of the speed of business and, you know, we have to produce and we work too much and we don't take enough vacation and, and we're just trying to keep our jobs. Um, so going back to, outlining everything, having it as documented as pot as possible is important as you look at ta- talent and how it affects your business. Um, you know, we spend more time on, you know, supply chain or the product life cycle. If we spend those kinds of time on our people and getting the right people in and keeping the right people, we may have very different outcomes.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I just had a conversation with the, uh, someone, a colleague, the, uh, last week about this, that, uh, people too much put too much focus on the product to build out the product but ultimately if you see the companies that have done extremely well have sold for a lot of money it was the companies that had um a good employees good employees that stayed longer and employee basis that they wanted to work harder because and that was the reflection on the product that the company that companies that acquire them i mean not to sound jaded, but the only differential factor with a lot of things like there's there are no new ideas out there unless someone can cure cancer or something like that. But, you know, you see these new product ideas, and it's just a twist on something else like an email signature platform, you know, it's just a twist on something that happened in the early 90s, or something else that you have to figure out, you know, heard from a really good marketer um, with Kyle Lacey, VP of marketing at Lessonly that he said, it's not about who does it first. It's about who does it better. And he was over at exact target too. And I think that's a good, good full circle right there that you invest in your people because in order to, to, to drive the actual product and the marketing even further and even better because those people are willing to work more and harder for you. If they feel like they're part of a community or they feel like a part of a team,-
1: mm-hmm. yeah, everyone knows the mission right and and everyone understands the goals and they're there because they believe in it and and that makes a difference. I mean, you have to think if exact target would not have had the talent strategy and you know some of the brilliant minds that that pushed that environment and that culture forward, would they have sold, and would they have sold for so much um, because it really was the people that, that make that make those services and those products.
0: I think what it is, and you've noticed these days that, uh, the, the companies that sell for billions, um, are, are not product companies. They're, they're social companies, Facebook. I mean, sold for and LinkedIn and all these other ones that when they got their IPOs and you know, they got bought out or their, you know, their valuations were so much greater than products and they just bought products and product companies to help build the behemoth of their social networks to a point where, um, when they bought the product, they also bought the team too. And so they added more people to their Facebook community or, when LinkedIn got bought out by Microsoft, Microsoft saw an added, you know, advantage to buy LinkedIn and buy that network and buy all the products that LinkedIn bought. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. buying the people; they're not buying the product.
1: Yeah, it's a good point, and you know, I, I think that also kind of lends itself to well, what makes those people different, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, we saw this at Eleven Fifty Academy. You can teach people how to code, mm-hmm. but it's the it's the soft skills and the, the behaviors of those individuals that were the consistent piece. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, a, a gentleman who, you know, really this was kind of his last career. He, he'd owned a business most of his life and said, you know, I always want to learn to code. And uh, he was closer to retirement age and I got to know him pretty well. And after he had gotten a job in technology, I remember him telling me one day, he's like, you know, I never would have thought learning to code was only 10% of this whole experience. And it really just got me to think. Uh, you know, you read these articles about how, you know, executives around the world are more concerned with potential employees lacking the soft skills that are needed than they are the technical skills. And and why is that? You know, if you think about mm-hmm. again, to pick on Exact Target, I have a lot of friends that are alumnus and alumni, and and they all they are all abundant, um, inclusive. They, they know how to talk. They know how to network. They care when they talk to you. They listen. But those are skills that, you know, they picked up somewhere and found a place with other people like them where they could continue to do that. You know, it's we always talk to the, the graduates at 1150 Academy about networking. And, you know, I work with a lot of very, very intelligent young people at KSMC. And it's all about how to network and, and how to interact and how to connect with another person that's so much more important than how clean your code is, um, which is important. Don't get me wrong, but um, you're right. It's people who hire people. They don't yep. hire resumes. Yep. And I, and I think you look across any of those examples that you talked about, those workers, those employees that make up those companies, they are probably, you know, people who you could sit down and have a conversation with, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in the days of having a coder who's in the back room and you slide food under the door once a day, you know, th- those days are gone. You you have to be able to interact and interact with your customers um, and your fellow workers and the community. Um, and, and it's becoming more and more important because somewhere along the way, and we don't want to get into the whole generational conversation, but, you know, there's there's a perception that that's been lost a little bit. And whatever the reason, um, mm-hmm. there's definitely a need to to get it back. <laughs>
0: it might not be i mean it's it's definitely apparent in interviews i mean i have seen you you can tell a lot about a company's culture by by interviewing a company or people interviewing you because yeah. that mission comes out i think that's the strongest point when a company's mission comes out and the directness i think what it is is that we're we're transitioning into people are communicating in different ways and you know, picking up a phone or having an in-person interview or in-person conversation or just a coffee conversation like this is, it's kind of being lost, but that's where you get the most direct information from people. That's why I reach out to mentors all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, I, I consider myself an old millennial, but I was raised by a boomer. (laughs) <laughs> and so i i I take you know I call first email second i and I know a lot of um my friends um and, and acquaintances they they contact via social media or they email and expect a, and they expect a response, and yeah. I'm like, no, like you pick up a phone and call them, and you'll get their attention even more if you know and then you, you have to be direct too, and that focus in the conversation when you're looking for an interview it's not just you know the employer branding and their marketing. It's also the individual of that person being you know personal branding too. Do, do do that? Does that align? Does their marketing align? Does their culture align? Does everything align? Or you know, and you can kind of tell in the interview and can feel it out. That's why you have several rounds of interviews just to kind of see how that person reacts to different people mm-hmm. within a company because software developers communicate differently than marketers. Salespeople communicate differently too. It's just how do you find that balance of being diplomatic, and how do you
1: change your your communication styles to fit yeah. who you're talking to? Yeah, I mean, communication styles is something that you know I kind of forced myself to spend a lot of time on, and I read a lot of books, and I practice, and um, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of, like you said, mentors. I mean, how many people today actively seek out mentors in their in their career. Um, you know, it's something that was really pressed upon me and I did it though. I didn't want to, it was a learned behavior and I've gotten so much from it now that I just constantly go back to that. Well, but, um, it, you know, I've talked to some people just out of college and university and say, Oh, you know what? You need to seek out a mentor. You are like, how do I do that? What, what do I do? Well, you walk up to somebody and you say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Will you be my mentor? Uh, but those are f- such foreign concepts. And You know, and Mm -hmm. I I think that goes in with the soft skills and how to connect with another human being. And then if you think about, you know, kind of taking this all back to business as a, as an executive or a business owner, if you don't understand what talent is needed to fulfill the goals of your business, how can you ever hire someone that's going to move the goals forward? Um, You know, they're almost treated like two separate things. They're very reactive okay, Sean, you're our sales manager, we're going to double revenue this year, and we need to hire 20 salespeople. So go out tomorrow, get as many as you can. It's not going to work. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you you know, and you mentioned the interviewing and how that tells you so much about the business, because you you can tell right away if, if they're bought into this or not. And if you're being interviewed by somebody who's checking email and looking at their phone every five minutes, you know, I'm not really interested. And, and millennials have grown up in a world where there were jobs, so they have places to go. Um, and and as that unemployment rate continues to drop, you know you're going to find this talent war continue to get to get uh, you know more and more threatening to businesses.
0: That I mean, I, and I think the the so the focal point with the interview process, especially if it's a bad interview process, especially for the employer brand. We were talking about this that. The negativity um, that come from that, I think, um, not just white collar, but blue collar, and I think it's even more so blue collar. It's almost like if they have a bad experience, they're gonna. That is such more of a tight knit community. Mm -hmm. Um, Lower your income. I mean, that people have said that that you know you lower your income. um, The more tight knit the community is, because they have to rely on one another. If they have more money, it's actually people are more. rather than friends, they're more acquaintances. Hmm. So obviously the, the social media spectrum of that, of, you know, people saying, you know, I interviewed at this company and they were awful. I mean, I think I just read something the other day where um, the company texted the girl and accidentally texted her saying that uh, she looked like a hoe um, (laughs) in her interview or something like that. And she was 18 and she was applying to something and she forwarded this and this thing went viral. Um, And then the company was like, well, we were sorry that we, you know, did that. And uh, they apologized. But obviously, um, it it shines a lot of light of, you know, what the employer is saying in the background um, after the interview and not being respectful. And they were saying that she was using the word like too much and like acting like a valley girl and just that kind of stuff where maybe she said like too much. Maybe she was wearing something that was a little bit, you know, high cut, but does that mean that she wouldn't do a good job? Did you actually listen to her um, and her responses? I mean, I've heard people that have, you know, girl that had her phone and texting the whole time. Yeah, obviously, that's extremely rude. And that's where, you know, you need to work on your soft skills. Mm -hmm. But if that person is attentive, looking at that depends on what job it is. I mean, right now, companies um, are looking for warm bodies, and they're willing to train people. Um, I've seen out there and I was worth with a company that was, was doing that, um, you know, GPS for jobs company. And that's what the biggest thing was, is that employers were like, let's put a now hiring sign. But the thing was, is that that wasn't working. People don't care. They walk by and they're looking at their phone. They're not looking at the now hiring sign.
1: So <laughs> yeah.
0: it's a communication medium of how people are, are looking at it. Or if they're just looking at their phones, then use your phone because people used to look at the newspaper. I mean, it, nothing's changed. It's just the medium has changed.
1: Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. It's, it, you know, this whole concept of talent pipelining and talent pools and, um, you know, ways to be proactive in, in how you uh, attract talent. It, it's, it's an art and a science. And there's a lot of tools out there that can give you a little bit of that, but without a proper plan and, and an overall strategy. You're really just creating, you know, more mechanisms to pull and more buttons to push and, and it can create more headaches. So it's again, knowing that, you know, what are the goals of your business and what talent do you need to, to move that needle? And then building a network, a, a group of people that's, you know, KSMC, you know, I could think of four or five people right now that, you know, that I've personally targeted that I want to work with. And, you know, I, I stay in touch with them, but because I like them and and if they get to come work with me one day good for us uh and hopefully good for them mm-hmm. but that's the approach you have to take and that that we've i think everyone at KSMC has has bought into it's you know you may be the only contact that another potential employee has with your brain and so mm-hmm. how are you representing that you know am i am i pleasant to talk to am i do i have their best interest in mind um in I've actually had some conversations with people who will, well, I can't find a job that I, that I want, you know, here's the thing I'm trained to do. I just can't find a job uh, in what I want to do. And I don't want to go work at McDonald's or at the mall. And the one thing that those people that I've run into with those issues, all seem to have is they lack the ability to network. They lack the ability to have conversations. And so I go back to that soft skills piece of, you know, as a, Potential employee, or even you know, just to improve your career, I think you should always be networking. You should always be expanding your horizons, um, trying to learn new things, get a different perspective. Um, You you know, you you can't just assume that hey, I read this book, so I understand it. Well, go talk to somebody about it. Find out somebody who's practicing it, and and find out what you're missing. Um, But that's those are the kind of features that you know I found. Everybody I work with today. Has those things, and and you know, there's a hundred, almost a hundred employees at KSMC. I have not met one of them that I don't enjoy having a conversation with, and and I, that's just amazing to me. <laughs> um, so somehow, you know, you you're attracted to, and you attract people who work like you do, and, and that's where I think knowing what it takes to move the needle on the goals of your business, and then build the strategy to work towards that, and then work proactively to build a talent pipeline so that you're always looking for the best people, whether you're hiring or not. Um, there's no reason you can't hire to a future date. Hey, we fit it off. You know, I think Q4, we're going to be hiring, looking for somebody just like you. Hey, you mind if we have coffee every couple of weeks? Just stay in touch. know, but it, pe- people don't invest the time in doing that like they will in, say, a, you know, a, a conversation with their lawyer or with an accountant or with the purchaser for their supply chain. You know, th- it, we just don't put the effort into the talent like we should.
0: You almost have to look at it as what's transactional, and it's almost like I—it's almost it's professional dating. Yeah. How do how do I reach out to this person enough to provide value after the first date? What's the second date like? Yeah. Have coffee on a regular basis to build up that friendship because you don't know what's going to go on later down the road. Like when you're mentioning exact target, what that example, what Scott Dorsey, Chris Baga, and the rest of them did. Was they're still, they still keep in touch. Like Dorsey still works at High Alpha with some of the people that he started Exact Target with. Oh, yeah. And there's some ET people that are still over there. You know, Chris Baggett's doing Cluster Truck and his other stuff, but he is working a few blocks north where, you know, one of the Cluster Truck headquarters is it because they saw the value in community and building that rather than you know, being transactional, which a lot of companies are like, or they're plugging and chugging, and they're just, they're just pushing out their marketing without testing it, without um, and testing their brand of, you know, what medium should I communicate uh, to employees about or show, you know, who I want to attract?
1: Yeah, it's, it's true. And you know, if you think of places that you work that you really enjoyed, no matter why you're gone, do you still talk to those people? Do you still hang out with them? You know, I, I feel just, so lucky and blessed, uh, a company that, that I was part owner in, I, I still talk to everybody. Um, and with a few exceptions, you know, we get together for alumni lunches and, and, and you know, we, we enjoy each other's company because those are people that pushed me and made me better. And, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful to that.
0: Exactly. I mean, it takes it takes a tribe to to raise somebody. And if you're part of that tribe and you're still constantly being in, it's like a team it's like anything else that, you know, you, I think everybody tries to be everything Mm -hmm. instead of just being who they are. And I think that's really important for the company to understand that too, that they can't be everything that they have to be what they're good at to, in order to attract similar people.
1: Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. and, And I think that speaks to kind of knowing who you are, you know, you have to know yourself, who you are, um, and or let the people around you that you that you admire, kind of rub off on you. And and, you know, hey, how did you get so comfortable with yourself, you know, and and you learn things about uh, how to discover who you are better.
0: Exactly. So talking about just reminding you of something talking about, you know, ways to improve yourself. And you talked about just mentioned, you know, when you're, you know, co founder of a company, that you still keep in touch with them, and you people and you still learn from them, you know, besides, you know, being at KSMC, um, what do you do? Do you still, um, collaborate with people? What do you do outside that helps you bring success back to what you're doing for
1: work? Oh man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a voracious reader. Um, and and then I always want to talk about the book, you know, so I want to find people who either I can con into reading the same thing or find out what they last read uh, just so we can talk about it. Because um, I figured out how I learn. And, and it's that exchange of information that that really helps it sink in with me. And then, you know, constantly putting myself in situations that make me uncomfortable, like uh recording. Podcasts. Um, <laughs> You're doing uh, a very good job, by, or, by the way. So thank thank you. Thank good. you very much. I'm, I'm glad you can't see me because I'm shaking. Um, you know, networking groups, um, going out of my way to, to meet somebody because I, you know, saw them on LinkedIn and saw they had a really neat background and I heard, I, you know, maybe read about the company they're with, you know, making it a point to, hey, I, I see them across the room at this networking event. I'm scared to death to go say hi to them. I got to do it. Um, but constantly pushing myself and knowing where my limits are, and then constantly trying to push those, um, it, 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 and eventually it becomes, you know, like a hunger. I, I have to learn. I, I have to learn more. And um, and then, you know, I think there's also a flip side to that of the the humbleness of going, you know, I'll I'll never know everything. I'll never be the best at this. Um, but I can always keep trying. And mm-hmm. you know, and then something magical will happen where someone will say remember that thing the other day, you know, you taught me a lot. I'm like, I did, what? I, I, I helped you. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. You know, th- those are the, those are great moments that kind of sneak up on you. Um, and, and giving it back, you know, passing it forward. If someone helps me, I want to push it on to someone else. Um, so I think that's more that feeling of abundance, uh, probably where I'm at in my life with, you know, where my kids are at and, uh, you know, I've, my wife's my best friend and, and we kind of, push each other to, to learn new things. So, um, lucky in those senses, but, uh, it, it's kind of gotten me to where I'm at today where I, I can honestly say, I love my job and I love the people I work with. Um, and you know, there were times when I didn't feel that way. Um, but keep pushing, trodden forward and not giving up, you know, uh, if something doesn't, uh, work the way I want it to the first time. It probably wasn't meant to work that way. So you know, let's see where this takes us, and follow it to the to its end. And um, you know, good things always seem to come out of it. So I guess there's my philosophy on life. I don't, I don't know if that helps. Um, it's a good philosophy. I mean,
0: you're you're talking about pushing yourself, um, not only um, not only mentally, but you're pushing yourself in other regards of being outside of your comfort zone to you know, to not only digest, but to learn from other people. And I mean, I think we talked about to not only networking, you know, socially, but you know, reading, um, exercising, having that consistency. I mean, I think both of you and I agree on we were kind of talking about this, like, we both drink lots of water during the day. Yeah. Um, I drink like six or seven uh, big bottles. um, And people probably think I have like, you know, a, a small bladder or something like that. But <laughs> like, but the thing is, is that, you know, drinking lots of water, I actually feel so much better, I feel better when I work out, you know, totally get that, that, you know, I'm not as much of a big reader as you are. But um, when someone forces me to say, Hey, you know, have you read this? Someone just last week told me, have you read this? Like, I can see you as this. I'm like, No, he said, how about you just buy the book? It was like 10 bucks. And I was like, I'll just buy the book, read it. And then, you know, getting back with them this week, you know, about, you know, what I found out that it 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 forces you not just to read by yourself, but you're
1: reading with somebody to to talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the extra step. And the key thing in that that you hit on, I think, is uh, um you know, you're asking to be held accountable. And and I think that's something that a lot of people shy away from and I know for me is very much a learned behavior. But you I I will you know, if, if I commit to reading a book with somebody, I'll tell them, Hey, you got to see on me, I'm, I'm lazy. So, you know, call me once a week and ask me where I'm at, because I won't do it. Um, but I know, I, I feel better, if I do the, the reading or, or whatever it is we commit to. Um, so I, you know, I'm constantly trying to put myself in situations where I, I am holding myself accountable. Um, and, you know, again, I, I, I have a lot of friends that feel the same way. So again, you, you kind of attract. Uh, what you work on, uh, which makes me better
0: well, Brent, I really enjoyed this. Thanks for talking about employer branding, what employers need to look for in their marketing, getting a little deeper dive on you as a person and how um what your interests are, you know the the man behind the voice um, <laughs> and how to and how to be successful. I mean, you've done you know so many different things, and it just it seems like you just kind of nailed down to who you work with and is, does that align
1: with the employer brand? So I do appreciate this, Brent. No, and, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, just to blah, <laughs> blah, about myself and, and also the people I work with at uh, KSM Consulting, you know, just feel really lucky to, to be where I'm at today.
0: Well, audience, thank you very much for being on another episode of Converged Coffee. I uh, hope you enjoyed your coffee and have a wonderful day.